right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it. And today on the show, we're looking at a VOD movie, The Standoff at Sparrow Creek. We don't do a lot of movies that aren't theatrically released here on the show, uh, but, you know, with the way things are going with Hollywood and with streaming and Netflix and all that kind of stuff, I have a feeling we're going to end up doing more and more of them as the uh, time goes on. But, uh, yeah, this is one that we watched, uh, me and my co-host for the episode, David Quinones. Uh, I was out there in Miami staying with him for a live episode of Bird Road, which you should definitely go check out. Um, but I was out there, and while we were just hanging out at his house, we ended up watching this movie, and then we decided, why not do an episode on it? And uh, I want to say right now at the top of the show... This episode is going to sound a little different from a usual episode of Piecing It Together because we recorded it on his Rodecaster Pro. This was our first uh, attempt at testing out this piece of equipment, which uh, kind of mixed results. But uh, you'll hear, make up your own mind on what you think about it and whether or not you think it's a, uh, a good thing for recording these podcasts. I think I'm going to stick to my usual computer situation, but... You know, for people out there starting podcasts, it might be a good thing for you. Um, But about today's movie, The Standoff at Sparrow Creek, this is a movie about a bunch of militiamen who, uh, after a mass shooting at a police funeral, uh, they go into hiding at a warehouse, and they know that one of them is responsible for the mass shooting, and they're trying to figure out who. Uh, It is a, a very tense film. A uh, really great looking film, and uh, it's it's really cool. It's it's something I it was not on my radar, but uh, Q had been talking about it, and he said we should watch it, and I'm glad we did because uh, I do like these kind of movies, like these slow burn, uh, just really intense type movies. So it, it it's a really cool one. It's definitely a movie you guys should check out. Um, and let's jump into the conversation about the standoff at Sparrow Creek. <laughs> All right, we're recording. We're rolling. We're rolling. All right, so with us today, actually, we're in his room right now. Is David Quinones? How you doing, buddy? Can you like be a little more professional and call it a studio, which is what it is? Well, this is technically a room. It's not the room. Literally, every room is <laughs> a room. Well, is that true? Is every room a room? I mean, how can I not be me? I mean, how am I not myself? <laughs> I'm in Miami right now because we did a live bird road last night, which I did tell you guys. I bet Q doesn't think I did, but I did you? No, yeah. Okay, good, good. Well, I'm here for three days here in Miami, staying with them, and uh, we had a bunch of movies lined up to watch, and uh, one of those movies was The Standoff at Sparrow Creek, and I had not actually heard about this, but Q wanted to watch it, and he wanted me to watch it with him, and uh, I'm glad he did. It was, it was a good movie. Yeah, you liked it. I did. I did. I trying to get you into some stuff while you're here in town, and uh, it's it's hard because it's hard to you're you're polite, and you'll just it's hard to gauge if you really like a thing. You'll just be like, "Yeah, it's pretty good, dude. It's, it's pretty good. It's good. It's good." Yeah, and I'll, you'll never just be like, "This is bad." I I'm trying to remember the last time that we were watching something, and you were just like, "Let's not watch this." <laughs> yeah, it's definitely <laughs> happened, but it's always very polite, and it's always couched in like the suggestion of doing something else. I'm pretty easygoing, dude. I mean, that's that's kind of my thing, right? Uh, it's a possibility, dude. It's a possibility, dude. Is a famous, yeah. Jew, is a famous David Rosen, uh, Jewish Dave, 
saying. <laughs> That's his motto. It's a possibility. It's me. true. But uh, this is going to be a little bit different from our usual episode. I mean, we literally just watched this movie. We made a few notes, and now we are testing out the Roadcaster Pro, and we figured we'd do a quick little piecing it together episode on this movie because, uh, like I said, I think we both really enjoyed it. And we and have a new toy. We have a new toy to play with. So uh, why don't we go ahead and go with your first puzzle piece, Q? So my first puzzle piece for, do you want to talk about what, 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 what this movie was a little bit? Or? I do that in the intro usually. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, so my first puzzle piece for this movie uh, was one that is on point thematically. Um, something that, while it doesn't, it, it doesn't line up exactly with, um, you know, the motivations of the characters or the, uh, the, the precise plotting of the, of the characters, it does um, line up with the theme of, of what they go through. And it's a movie that I think a lot of a lot of folks know. It's 1993's Killing Zoe, which uh, was a great movie starring Eric Stoltz, um, uh, young Julie Delpy, and uh, written, uh, directed by Roger Avery. Uh, so if, to revisit that movie, if you haven't seen it already, it's, it's about a, a, bank case, a bank heist gone wrong. And uh, a, 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 the main character, um, Eric Stoltz, who plays Zed, is brought is brought, is flown over from um, America to Paris to help commit this bank robbery, this large bank heist. And mm. uh, throughout the movie, he, um, you know, I don't want to spoil this 20, 30, almost 30 year old movie for you, <laughs> but uh, just suffice to say that he has some misgivings about this crew that he's hooked up with that includes a childhood friend of his who's um, sort of gone off the rails in adulthood. And, you know, Zed himself is no angel, obviously. He's a, a safe cracker and has done that a lot. And um, what 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 happens is, again, I'll skip the details, but the bank heist, presumably, as, as you would think, starts to fall apart. And a lot of it is a set piece that happens within this huge, uh, beautiful bank in Paris. And um, each character begins to sort of doubt each other. A lot of them turn on each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, so thematically... Uh, you have this group of sort of rogues, each of them flawed and 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 profoundly evil in their own way. Um, who, again, they turn on each other. There's uh, there's there's paranoia. There is um, distrust that gets sowed throughout this uh, this situation, and um, yeah, it ultimately ends in tragedy. So uh, yeah, that was my first puzzle piece was. Killing Zoe, which if you haven't seen it, by the way, fucking great movie, highly stylized, really fun, sometimes very dark movie. But um, yeah, I would recommend that movie too. I think that theme is going to run through a lot of our puzzle pieces about, um, you know, people that are just not good people, yeah. you know, all, <laughs> and, none, you know, very shady, everybody not trusting one another. And it definitely is going to come up quite a bit uh, during this conversation. And, you know, it's funny, I, I, before I get to my first puzzle piece, I, while I was sitting there on the couch trying to come up with some, I couldn't think of any other movies that deal with militia men. Um, it was a, a little tough. I think, uh, I was almost going to mention uh, the Waco miniseries, but I mean, I guess I am mentioning it right now, but it's not really a puzzle piece, just kind of a quick mention. But, um, you know, really, as far as like actual movies where they deal with militia, uh, militias, which is a pretty big thing in the news lately. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, obviously you live in Vegas where there was the uh, the case, the recent multiple cases of the the Bundy clan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where, where they've been having where they had had 
several standoffs with uh, federal authorities and Bureau of Land Management. Uh, the Waco, um, the Waco situation obviously was not a militia, right? Not say. necessarily. It yeah. was a, a group of a cult, a, a zealots, a, a, you know, a group of zealots. And um, I think again, uh, the, the the one that I think most people will I'm trying to think of depictions of 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 um, militias in popular culture, and I think the one that I think of the most is not a, not a live action movie, but a documentary um fahrenheit 9-11 mm, where, yeah, oh, yeah. i'm sorry i'm sorry not fahrenheit 9-11 it was bowling for columbine oh yeah where, yeah, yeah, um, yeah where uh michael where michael moore visits his native flint flint michigan and one of the threads that he tugs at during the course of that documentary is um the proliferation of militias in in michigan and this movie takes place in michigan so yeah yeah um, absolutely I, i'm gonna actually uh Put Bowling for Columbine on the final list. Might as well keep okay. it on there. So uh, my first puzzle piece, and you know, goes That's right. That's a good choice. Guaranteed that the writer of this movie watched Bowling for Columbine. Yeah, if they, did, I, if they don't already imagine. have first uh, first hand knowledge or understanding of, of militias, then that's a, a sort of a Zen cone for you know. To, yeah. to know uh unless about. unless the writer was rooting for this militia and then that's a whole nother story but <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah my first puzzle piece uh it goes right along with your killing zoe and that is the most obvious one which is reservoir dogs uh the quentin tarantino film uh his first movie directing movie um and uh you know about again a, a heist gone wrong um you know, and all the, the, the criminals, they meet up together and they're trying to find out, you know, who, who, who's the rat basically. And, uh, that's basically what we're doing here, except for with a militia instead of, uh, straight up criminals. But there's a, uh, a big shootout at a, uh, at a police funeral and they're trying to find out who's responsible because they, they know, you know, quote unquote, that one of them has done it. And uh, so they're trying to find out who the tensions are super high throughout the movie. It's definitely uh, one of these slow burn type of movies where we're uh, slowly but surely learning about all these characters while at the same time, the uh, tensions between them all are continuing to grow and uh, also takes place in a warehouse. So that definitely is right there. Pretty big parallel. And one of the things that we were talking about as we were watching this was, and again, this is uh, similar to, right on on topic with with reservoir dogs is the exciting possibility of film within these sort of constrained stripped down budgets i mean mm-hmm. you can't help but look at a movie like like uh, sparrow creek and and also look at a movie like reservoir dogs and think like what a cool creative idea that you can pull off probably for like a million bucks right you know? like a million dollar movie that is just absolutely stunning which is less than the budget of our podcast yeah just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> most people don't realize we have a nine hundred eighty five thousand dollar a year budget for here at um, the all points west studio all points west studios <laughs> um but it gets you excited when you see like somebody doing something with very little and you, you know you you see this creation come to life that required like not a whole lot of investment yeah no absolutely i I guess that brings me to my next uh puzzle piece which would be my next puzzle piece is 2004's the machinist which of course was fail famous for uh christian bale's just ghastly (laughs) over the top weight loss um it's a psychological thriller by brad anderson uh written by scott kosar um along with bale uh the film also stars uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, 
And um, don't ever remember this movie actually being in the theaters. Um, I do remember a sort of a companion movie around this time was The Woodsman with Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. And um, both of them tonally felt like this movie. They were very, they felt like Sparrow Creek. They were very zoomed in. They were very tight. They were very deliberate. Um, they built tension with the slightest body movements, and and the cinematography reminded me a lot of a, a lot of Sparrow Creek. Very dark, and I know we were making fun of the fact that we were watching this. And I know you want to get on your um, on your <laughs> on your your soapbox and talk about uh, you know, the fact that we watched this during the day in a in a in a living room <laughs> flooded with light, yes. and it was a completely dark movie. It was a, I mean, like a, a visually. Uh, yeah, know, a lot of dark, blacks, a lot of blacks and dark blues and <laughs> and grays, washed out by you know my my sunroom in my house. <laughs> so uh, which is not ideal for no no TV gets watched in my house during the daytime. You have to understand that, right? So um, anyway, a dark, sort of thoughtful, deliberate, very focused on detail. Yeah, in in, in the in the cinematography reminded me of the Machinist. Uh, you know, I could also bring up the. the like I said before, the woodsman of Kevin, Kevin Bacon lesser. I, I I think of those two movies as almost companions. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, like fatally flawed men in yeah. early two thousands. Right. Movies. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's 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 my puzzle piece number two. Do you remember the Machinist? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, you know, to continue with that point again, um, these are movies that look great for relatively little money little, and, yeah. you know, it seemed like stories that you could really, you could tell on an independent level. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, like you said, my soapbox right now, a lot of these kind of movies are going direct to people's sunrooms, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> instead of a nice, beautiful theater where you could see that gorgeous cinematography and see, you know, that, that kind of image, the way it's meant to be seen. Um, but you know, what? I'm not going to go on to, if you, if you want to hear me bitch about it more, you can go to our piecing it together, a movie discussion group and I'll bitch all day about it. Um, so what's your next one, my next puzzle piece is one, which actually, uh, in itself, um, if I had been doing piecing it together back then, I would have used reservoir dogs as a puzzle piece for this movie. Um, it is free fire, uh, from 2016. Uh, it's an a 24 film. I haven't seen this one directed by Ben Wheatley starred Char- uh, Char- Charlto Copley. It's always hard to say his name. Uh, and Brie Larson and army hammer, uh, Cillian Murphy. Also, I forgot he was in it. Um, but yeah, it's about a bunch of arms dealers that uh, go to not Killian Murphy, Killian Murphy, Cillian Murphy. I don't know. I is it? It's Killian Murphy. I feel like it's Killian Murphy. Like the beer Killian's. Yeah. Like Killian or just that's, huh. that's, that's an Irish name, Killian, but huh. K usually we're going to have to look into this. Maybe it is a... L you listening at home, write in and let us know. Yeah. Post on the message board. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're, they're all meeting in a warehouse to, uh, to do a, a big gun deal. Um, but it goes wrong now where this movie is much more of a slow burn. Uh, Sparrow Creek is much more of a slow burn and, uh, we don't really get to any kind of a shootout. It's more about the, uh, the tension and the dialogue and all that and the character development. Uh, free fire is just a nonstop hour and a half long shootout. 
Um, but it it starts though under somewhat similar pretenses. Again, minus a, a militia, but definitely bad people meeting up to do uh, you know bad things. And uh, so yeah, Free Fire is my second puzzle piece, and also in tone very much. Again, aside from the fact that we're going in different directions in in plot, but tone wise, uh, it, it felt kind of similar. A lot of snappy dialogue, a lot of uh, uh, really well written characters. Yeah, and in Sparrow Creek, I wouldn't call the um the, the the dialogue snappy, but it was definitely inspired, and it felt lived in. It felt like very lived in dialogue. Mm, like every yeah. character, you you didn't really get a lot of context of who they were, apart from the fact that they were these archetypes of the kind of you know white men who would join a Michigan person, right, 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 and they they were different archetypes, but they all you know they were. They were like phenotypes that that fell underneath this larger stereotype of of like the the guys that joined those things, and um and you didn't get to know you didn't know them at all up front. You didn't get a lot of background information on them except what they what they offered up, but somehow the dialogue really like it felt lived in. Like yeah, yes. okay, that guy. That's the thing that that guy would say. You know what I'm curious, and I don't want to derail this too much, but um, I noticed when I was looking this up on IMDb after we watched uh, the reviews, it was only like around a five or a six. Um, and I'm wondering if people who don't like it are people who would find themselves identifying with militias and stuff like that. I wonder if they, the they're getting annoyed by the this. Tomato reviews. Uh, no, the, the IMDb reviews, because it seems like critically it's doing pretty well. Yeah, critically it's doing well. I would yeah. guess that the people that watched it probably were hoping for something that might I'm going to say there's two different types of people who were disappointed in this movie. They're the people who were hoping that this would be more of a lionization or an examination or, um, you know, something that exalts this point of view or like, you know, this political, this sort of conservative far right wing uh, point of view. And it didn't do that. Right. It actually, everybody is evil in this movie. The cops are bad. Um, The, the, and, and the, and, their counterparts in all of these militia organizations. Briefly, we see um, uh, gangs of of um, Ku Klux Klan members in, mm-hmm. a, in a brief flashback. They're horrible. Everybody's bad. Yeah, I kind of I like that. I like that. And uh, so I think that they were expecting that. And the thing about those kind of people is that they they don't like that. They don't like that kind of complex thought. It's the kind of thing where they <laughs> they want there to be a clear cut good and evil, and yeah. they want to, to to identify with the people that are on the side of good. And they were probably upset with that. I think that there's probably also a group that was of people who saw this and were hoping that it would be a more overt, uh, an overt, an overt storyline about like political themes mm. that were that were hoping somebody would be like, like uh, invoke the name of Trump in in the movie <laughs> right. in the actual, which would have been so on the nose, and right? So bad, yeah. And you know, coming from somebody who has a poli- a podcast about politics, I can tell you that would have been so horny yeah it would have been like straight cheese ball shit and i'm glad they didn't do it i'm glad that this world this happened in a uh not an apolitical world this happened in a world where the politics of the people involved are so much bigger than an administration or a president or a movement it's people who are decidedly outcasted from society because of their belief it's like very more it's it's much more like QAnon type stuff like this sure, is the logical yeah. end for people that go down those rabbit holes of um of conspiracy theory and 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 uh, isolation you know I also thought was that was a a brilliant theme a theme that was brilliantly brought out about um 
about isolation and how we live in this era of isolation. Uh, people, yeah, what that does to you, what that does to yeah, you, yeah. how it dulls you around the edges or sharpens you around the edges and makes you makes you worse. I mean, we're social creatures, and if 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 your entire social interaction is is weaving in and out of these kind of groups, it's corrosive, yeah, and toxic and bad. It's absolutely true. Absolutely. Uh, what, what's your next puzzle piece? So my final puzzle piece was a more sort of obscure movie um, and older. Uh, this was from a movie from 1996. The first two movies that I brought, the first two puzzle pieces I brought up were things that spoke to theme, uh, puzzle pieces that spoke to theme and, and also to tone. And this one is more directly on the nose of plot. And this is a movie called The Siege at Ruby Ridge, which was a, a docudrama television movie um, that it aired on two nights, across two nights on CBS back in 1996. It starred, uh, it starred Randy Quaid, Laura Dern, Kirsten Dunst when she was very young. I think she was probably like 15 or something like that at that time. Um, she, she had to be really young at that point. And um, this was a very good made-for-TV movie. Uh, not, not, a, not a shitty one. Um, but nonetheless, it was still a made-for-TV movie because this was at that time where real life things that happened, big news stories, would turn into TV movies or they would turn into miniseries. Mm-hmm. And they, they weren't optioned in the same way that they are now. Yeah. So they uh, didn't turn into lifetime movies, which is what happens now. <laughs> <laughs> so this was uh, a movie that I, I only vaguely really remember, but um, it did talk about, obviously, it covered the um the events of 1996 and the 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 actual ruby ridge uh massacre and um which which happened in 1992 i should be clear um for those that don't know it was a uh, it was an 11 day siege that happened in idaho uh members of um randy weaver's family and friends uh kevin harris resisted these agents of the marshal service and um hostage rescue team and the fbi and just you can read about you, you can read about what happened at Ruby Ridge, but it was a real life thing. We were talking earlier about things that um, inform the modern perception of militia. And if you're old enough and you remember 1992, you remember this being a huge, you know, a huge story that happened also right around the same time that um, that that Waco happened, and the, right. the uh, David Koresh and and, and that whole embroglio uh, went down. This was a time when we were, I think we as a country thought that there was going to be a lot more things like this. There was going to be a lot more walling off and closing off of ourselves um, and and sort of domestic terrorist actions and, and things like this. I, I have a personal theory that the advent of the internet took that loneliness and the despair that people were using to join these kind of groups and gave it a different outlet, and now the and, and dispersed it and sort of atomized it, and uh, that's why we didn't see any more like much many more of these kind of a Ruby Ridge or um, uh, Ruby Ridge or David Koresh Waco type of things. Right, it's right around the time that the internet really started becoming popular and 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 uh, getting into people's homes. It was around the advent of like Usenet groups and forums and mm. things like that, where you could kind of lose yourself. And if you were somebody who was now they're just making YouTube videos all day, yeah, four four and a half hour YouTube videos about (laughs) you know 
like <laughs> like ancient Greece and shit like that, <laughs> and the cradle of democracy and, and shit. Like I that. love that we're just mocking their core right now, <laughs> just to to their soul, yeah. right? <laughs> so yeah, my my final puzzle piece was uh, 1996's The Siege at Ruby Ridge, which um while having virtually nothing in common cinematically with this movie, mm. um obviously informs the plot. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. It's really interesting. And, um, yeah, I mean, definitely it seems like the closest, uh, yeah, plot wise to, to this movie. Um, right on my last puzzle piece then, uh, one of my favorite movies of the last few years is the 10, uh, 10 Cloverfield lane, uh, from Dan Trachtenberg. The one in space, right? Yes. The really good one. (laughs) Yes. Thanks for bringing that up on this podcast. (laughs) Asshole. Uh, (laughs) No, it is the one in a bunker. And I stand um, (laughs) for, you and I are the only two people who stand for true detective season two. Will you be the guy who stands for Cloverfield paradox? (laughs) If you are, do not contact me. I don't want to hear from you. Um, but no, 10 Cloverfield lane. Uh, I, I, Obviously, there's a lot of differences between that movie and uh, uh, this movie. But um, one thing I was thinking is uh, if 10 Cloverfield Lane starred six John Goodmans, maybe it would be a little bit closer. Um, You know, a bunch of uh, whacked out militia people who, you know, stockpiling everything for that big doomsday scenario. And here it is. It's here. And, uh, you know, we were right to be doing this all along um but again we go in very different directions from that point in uh in standoff at sparrow creek but um still that that is my my final puzzle piece and uh that brings us to the finished puzzle which is all the movies we just talked about which includes killing zoe Bowling for Columbine, Reservoir Dogs, The Machinist, Free Fire, The Siege at Ruby Ridge, and 10 Cloverfield Lane. So, uh, like I said, it's going to be a little bit of a quick episode. This and is a little uh, bit of woodsman, the woodsman. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. We could, we could throw the woodsman in there on the list. I, I always kind of think, I don't know why, I always think of those two movies as companions because they came out, I think, the same year, if not like. Did we, did we year. see them both together? We saw the woodsman. I know together. we saw the woodsman together. I never. I didn't learn about the machinist until a couple of years after it was. Oh, okay. Out. So I don't think we saw that together. All right. Uh, yeah, but both great movies, really. It's very rare. From the years 1998 to 2005, yeah. there weren't a lot of movies that <laughs> Dave and I did not see together. It's true. It's very true. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm really glad we watched this. I, I did uh, enjoy it quite a bit. You know, I. You know me. I like things that are dark and <laughs> like things a little yeah, nihilistic and thoughtful and yeah up. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and uh yeah as well done this was this guy's uh first movie uh henry dunham um he'd only done some shorts i believe but his I first as a director reviews about about his directing um which said i don't know if you if you felt this way but it said like this is very look at me making my first movie mm. type direction. But I, like, what's wrong with that? That's that you should strive to do that, right? It, look at me. I'm doing my first movie. If I was to criticize anything. And again, this is also a, I'm not sure that it's a bad thing situation, but the first 30 minutes of the movie, I kept thinking that this reminded me of just some, like one of a million prestige TV shows, like yeah. every, every big new TV show that it comes out. Like it kind know? of like, and don't forget those shows have, so much money yeah but it did look like maybe a like 
True Detective. Or, yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like sort of just one of these generic, I don't want to call it Ray Donovan generic because it's a good show. Right, they're, they're good like shows, but there's so many of them and it's like a thing now. It's right. such like a trend to like, you know, be dark and be, you know, like, yeah. you know, all, all that be kind gritty, of stuff. Quiet, low music. Yeah. You know, uh, earth tones and, yeah. and, and blacks and like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, well, right on. Uh, Q, um, Thanks for doing this. And uh, we, we've been lately, we've been doing, I, this is putting you on the spot a little bit, but we've been doing a recommendation uh, along with plugs. Do you have anything you want to recommend? Anything you've seen lately? Um, yeah, I mean, I could, I'll tell you one thing that I've, that I've been watching and we talked about, <laughs> we talked about Bird Road. I tried to get you to watch it. It wasn't really your cup of tea, but if, but I think for the, the, the people listening out there will like it. And not enough people are reading it, or I'm sorry, not enough people are listening to it. Um, that's not right either. Not enough people are watching it. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what did you get me to? All types of media. Dude. I'm just shoving media down your throat. I've got a book up your ass. I've got iPod like pods in your in your ears and uh, my screen in your face. No, uh, there's a TV show on Amazon that I think most people are generally aware of because it was one of the more one of the first Amazon shows that they promoted. And then it kind of fell off the radar, and it's, I think, about to do its third season. It's called The Patriot, and it's not – I'm just going to tell you, if you haven't seen it yet, it's not what you think it is. It's something completely different. It's like a um, – it's like if Homeland was directed by Wes Anderson. It's just this quirky, weird, rich world. Give it a few episodes because it takes time to build up the world and the characters and the – neuroses that 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 occupy them and um awesome show the patriot it's got two seasons out on amazon that's a great description by the way i, I think that's really appropriate from the one episode i watched uh uh if homeland was directed by wes anderson i like that <laughs> it's a fa- it's a great study it's something you don't see that much it's a study of of male intimacy and how how men are friends and how they how they communicate and how they um you know how they work together and you don't see it's not that's not a topic that's in vogue right now it's not something that i mean honestly nobody's checking for that right now but it's still something important and it's and it's really artfully and well well done so right the on. patriot on amazon very cool well why don't you tell people where they can find bird road real quick bird road is everywhere that podcasts are found you can find us on um on on apple podcasts spotify Spotifycasts. Uh, we, uh, we're on birdroadpodcast.com. Um, yeah, so that's 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 what's up. Check out our upcoming episode where we had um, our live show that we're editing now. We're going to post pretty soon with Billy Corbin, the director of Cocaine Cowboys, and Nucleus Shelton, a very prominent, well-known activist uh, who works with AFL-CIO and organizing labor here in uh, in, in Miami. We had our first Miami show. We're a Miami podcast, and um, that's a great way to jump into the. If you haven't listened to Bird Road yet, that's a great way to jump into it. Check the feed; it should be at the top. Absolutely. Well, right on. Let's uh, find out if this roadcaster recorded this. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Fuck! God damn it! <laughs> Welcome to the world's first podcast. Well, the first one they've done. Gas Money Pictures presents Filmmakers On, a podcast for filmmakers by filmmakers about the ever-changing media landscape. 
Each Thursday, hosts Jay Horton and Sean Alden Reed speak to a media insider about their journey through the industry and how to survive without going crazy. Segments like What Are You Watching, Media Roundup, and It's Your Turn give Jay and Sean the opportunity to do their favorite thing discuss what's going on in movies, TV, and media, and mainly disagree. Filmmakers On is available on your favorite podcasting app or at www.filmmakerson.com. And check them out on social media, at Filmmakers On. All right, so that does it for today's episode on the standoff at Sparrow Creek. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for bearing with us with the audio. Um, yeah, I don't know about that Roadcaster Pro. It's kind of cool. I, I, I get the uh, the particular uh, demographic for who would use it, people who aren't really uh, familiar with computers but want to jump into making uh, podcasts. But, I mean, you know, I'm a computer guy, so I know what I'm doing with a computer. I can record it on the computer and have full flexibility of making these things sound as good as possible. So with that said, uh, I just want to remind you all to please make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And uh, I would suggest that you come join our Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group, not only because it's a great place to come talk about movies, but because we have a contest going on right now to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the show. Uh, the header image is this big old pile of puzzle pieces, and in that pile of puzzle pieces, I have photoshopped in 28 different movies. There are little puzzle pieces of movie posters. And if you can find all 28 and email me, uh, you're going to win a $20 Fandango gift card. I think that's a pretty damn good prize. So uh, you should definitely join our Facebook group. Again, it's called Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. And you can also find a link to it here in the show notes. So make sure you join and try to win yourself a $20 gift card. So uh, that's it for today. I want to remind you to also uh, go check out that live episode of Bird Road. It was a lot of fun to do. Uh, you can find Bird Road on all the same podcast apps that you find piecing it together and also on the website birdroadpodcast.com and Bird Road Podcast on all the social media as well. So that does it for today. Uh, I'm going to leave you guys with a piece of music. I think the track Crystal Eyes is something that feels like it could have been in a movie like The Standoff at Sparrow Creek. So why don't we leave you with that? Crystal Eyes, which you could find on my free album, Like Ashes, and it's also available on Spotify as a single. So check out Crystal Eyes, and we'll be back on Friday with another new episode of Piecing It Together. It's two episodes this week. Talk to you guys soon.
and All Points West. 